find small ways each day to follow through with the promises you make to yourself. And when you start trusting yourself, you will then start trusting yourself to make decisions about other people. So right now, if you don't have any trust within yourself and you doubt your decisions all the time, how are you gonna choose the right attorney? How are you gonna choose if this person should be a good friend? How are you gonna choose a therapist? If you wanna start dating again, how are you gonna trust yourself to choose someone that is not gonna be an abusive a-hole? So it really starts with you. Welcome to the Rising Beyond Podcast, where you can find hope and healing after a toxic or abusive relationship. I'm Sybil Cummin, a licensed professional counselor specializing in working with victims and survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, including the youngest witnesses. Over the past decade, I have been honored to witness victims move to survivors and then to thriving in their lives. If you feel alone in your healing process, are dealing with the onslaught of post-separation abuse, or just needing some validation that you are not crazy, you are in the right place. I am never going to trust anybody again. I hear this or something similar on a weekly basis from the survivors that I work with. And it makes 100% sense to me because your trust has been broken over and over and over. But not just by Sally down the street. It was broken by some pretty important people. And that is what we're going to talk about today on the Rising Beyond podcast. Welcome. I'm Sybil Cummin. And we are going to talk about the violation of social contracts and what that means. I was at a training a little bit ago. And it is for therapists who do assessments, behavioral health or medical assessments for child abuse and neglect and sexual abuse. I am one of those. And we do monthly trainings. And so in this training, we were talking about how to be trauma responsive rather than trauma informed. And We were talking about secondary adversities. So those are all the things that accompany trauma that is not the traumatic event. To put that in perspective, it's like everyone thinks the traumatic event might be a parent getting arrested, right? The event, the domestic violence event where a parent was arrested. But to a child, that might be part of the trauma, but it may be that moving schools losing a pet because they had to move where there's no pet, losing their neighbors, that may be more traumatic to them than the actual event. And so, yes, I was supposed to be listening to this training, really focusing on kids. But what kept coming up for me was you all. I just could not get the I guess, similarities or the parallels out of my mind from survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse and everything we were talking about. So we're talking about these secondary adversities and we were talking about the violation of social contracts and those violation of social contracts. I'm going to go through what that is in a minute 
is really the reason why you feel like you're never going to trust anyone again. So it is super important for us to look at that because it's not actually going to help you long term to trust no one, to live through the rest of your life, not trusting anyone is actually going to be to your detriment. So what can we do to start building trust with people? So that's where we're going to go today. But let's talk about what is a social contract? Okay, so a social contract is the schema or the picture that we have in our mind about how people in different positions are supposed to act. So parents are supposed to take care of you and be loving and kiss your boo-boos and, right, like feed you and give you hugs when things are going wrong. Parents, that's what the social contract, that's what it's supposed to look like. Let's look at your partner, right? Your soulmate. How is a soulmate supposed to treat you? They are supposed to love you also unconditionally, stick with you by your side. They are supposed to want the best for you. They may go out of their way and have your needs met before their own. They will have empathy for you. They will try to work through conflict and compromise. So when we think about a perfect or a great relationship, some of those things are what come up. We can look at police officers or law enforcement. They are supposed to protect us at all costs. That is their job. That is what we believe they're to do. Our legal system is supposed to provide us justice. You go in, you tell the truth, And the truth will come out and justice will be served. And that's, you know, we all go away living happily ever after. And you guys are probably rolling your eyes left and right because does that happen? Does any of these social contracts stay intact or have they all been violated? right? I'm technically considered a person in a position of trust as a therapist. If you're a teacher, you're a pastor or, you know, a faith leader, you're a police officer, you're a judge. All of us actually hold kind of this higher level of social contract. And what happens when they're violated? Research shows that when one is violated, it actually will negatively affect all the relationships that you might have in the future. So we, again, we teach our kids like police officers are safe. They're here to protect you. If you were not protected by the police, you were not believed, maybe you were arrested, that social contract was completely broken, right? And what does that do long-term? Are you going to call them when you need to call them? No. Not likely. Are you going to open up and tell them everything that's been going on? Nope. You do not hold any trust for that. So then you're in court, which is supposed to be about justice and what's in the best interest of the children. And then they ask you, well, if you were so scared, why didn't you call the police? Or if he broke the order of protection, why didn't you report it? Well, kind sir, 
no one has done what they said they're going to do or what we are meant to believe or we're made to believe they're going to do. And so when those social contracts are broken, we struggle to trust people in general. Your trust is broken because all of these social contracts have been broken. I want you to think about all of the places. Maybe you had family members that took the side of your abusive ex-partner. That is a huge breach of trust. That is a huge violation. The person that is supposed to have your back has the back of the person who harmed you. And then these can be broken in these tiny little ways every day. So someone saying, wow, I can't even believe they would do that. They always seem so nice. Or they've never been mean to me. Or, well, what did you do? It, you know, it takes two to tango. All of those things are little tiny breaches that continue to build and build and build this huge bubble of mistrust that's around you. How are you supposed to get through that? One of the things that the facilitator or the instructor in the training I was in said, and we, the, again, this was specific to kids, but oh my gosh, I was like jumping around in my seat wanting to be like, no, but it's not just kids, it's survivors too. But she said, we can only recover so much if the child is still living where they are not safe. Hello, that is post-separation abuse, right? It's not post-traumatic stress disorder is what this lady said, because it's not post, it's continual. And so she was talking about it with regard to like removing children, you know, like trying to do therapeutic work with children who are still living within abuse. Guess what? That's where a lot of your kiddos are, right? And maybe it's not physical abuse or sexual abuse, but maybe it is psychological abuse that they are going into over and over. I'm not going to get on the soapbox of like, hey, there's research out there that says all these things and our courts just don't care because that would be right like a huge like hour long rant and you guys don't have time for that maybe. So thinking about all of the violations of social contracts that you have experienced Where is it that you can start building trust again? Like, how do you do that? So that is what I want to touch on. When you're rebuilding trust, I was going to say there's, you know, a couple things. There's a lot of things that that we need to do. But the first one, I want you to focus on doing this intentionally. When we are doing things without intention, we miss things. When I'm talking about intention, it is listening to your insides, listening to how you feel, listening to what your mind is telling you. So as we do this, we're going to listen with intention to ourselves. First, we are not going to be like the middle schoolers I work with in my practice who I will have been working with them for like six months to a year. And then they're telling me these stories from their previous weekend about Sally, who I've never heard of before. And they're like, oh my gosh, and Sally this, and we're the same, and Sally that, and they're my best friend forever. And I tell them everything about myself, and they know everything. And and I'm like, who the heck is Sally? Right? I've worked with you forever, and I've never heard of Sally. And so then I ask them like, hey, how long have you known Sally? I haven't heard about her yet. And they're like, oh, I met her this weekend. But we spent every waking minute talking and texting. And so we're best friends. Okay. 
if y'all were middle school girls, then maybe you're like, no, because what is Sally going to then do potentially? She is going to go to middle school and tell all the people all your stuff, right? It is very rare that they will hold on to that, like a best friend who is, you know, keeping these secrets for you. It's just not realistic. So we are not going to latch on to someone and tell them all our stuff because that doesn't work out and it gives you no time to listen to yourself. So we are going to dip our toe in the water with new relationships or relationships where we're not sure where we stand. That is right. If you take one thing away, you are going to be more intentional and you're just going to dip your toe in the water and you're going to see how that works. And then you're not going to cannonball after you dip the toe in the water. You're going to take one step down into the swimming pool and see how that feels. And then another step down and another step. And maybe you get up to your waist, but you're still by the stairs because then you see that this person maybe is not exactly who they say they are. Maybe they're not these horrible people, but you're like, yeah, they're not my person. So then you can back up the steps of the swimming pool. You're going to move slowly, move slowly. And this is with any relationship. I'm not just talking about dating relationships with yet, which, oh my gosh, move even slower than that. I'm talking about any relationships you're going to move with intention and move more slowly. And I want you to remember that not everyone is going to gain enough trust to be in your inner circle of support, that closest inner circle that is saved for the few people who have proven that they have your back and they care about you and they want, even if they don't fully understand, they want to, and they're open to it. There's only going to be a handful of people in that inner circle. And then I want you to visualize like concentric circles, kind of like the target logo, if you will. And people are going to be in the different rings as it moves out based on your ability to trust and based on their behaviors, whether you pull them in or you push them out further. The most important thing in building trust is actually learning to trust yourself. Yep, dang it. We have to do a bunch of internal work before we're going to be able to trust other people. I know like that's horrible and it's super important. So you need to not only learn about what you've experienced, like I'm sure you've done the deep dive into what is narcissistic abuse or what is domestic violence and how does this look in family court and did it, do I have generational trauma? I'm sure you've done some of that learning and it is amazing. That is actually the first step of healing from this in general is that education piece. But I'm talking about getting to know yourself and rediscovering who you are. And so what do you like? What do you dislike? What does your body feel like when you're sad? What does your body feel like when you're angry? What happens to your body when X, Y, and Z happens? You need to start really knowing who you are, what you stand for. You need to know what your value system is. All of these pieces of learning who you are, because that sense of self is stolen. It is stripped away from you when you have been coercively controlled and abused. That is actually one of the first things that they start to take from you. And it's slow and you don't see that it's getting lost or taken 
but it gets taken. So you don't trust yourself. You doubt your decisions. So it's really hard to trust other people when you can't trust your decisions about other people. So start to learn more about yourself. And it is likely that it's really helpful to, as you're doing this process, to have a therapist who understands kind of a support group, people that can walk alongside you as you do it. Again, this is like catch 22, right? Because the person that's going to walk alongside you as you do this, you have to trust them. Ah, so hard. But you can start doing all of those things. So start taking time to be attuned to yourself. And if you, if we think about it, as I was going to say some of the next things, I was like, hey, what do we talk about? If you listen to this podcast or done any of my workshops or any of my things, we talk about how are we going to build resilience and trust with our kids? We're going to do all those things with ourselves. So we're going to attune to ourselves. We're going to learn all of those things about what is it like when my intuition is telling me like, ew, this person is gross. Don't trust them. What is it like when it feels safe? What is it like when it's just not sure, when it's angry, right? Like you're going to learn all of that stuff about your intuition. So take time to be attuned to yourself. And then this one, which this is harder than it sounds, but it is one of the most important. You are going to follow through and be consistent on the promises you make to yourself. Yep. So if you say you're going to do something for you, you're going to do it. You are going to take ownership of following through for yourself. So one of the easiest things that, you know, easiest examples of this is, no, on Monday, I am going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start walking three times a week. And the next Monday comes around and you're like, well, yep, okay. So I'm not going to start on Monday because Mondays are so hard. So I'm actually, I think like I'm going to start on Friday because then I have a weekend and I can start eating healthy. I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to have time to walk. And then you're like, you know what though? It's really hot and I have the opportunity to go grab, you know, go to this party and grab some pizza. So I'm, you know what? I'm actually not going to start this Sunday or this, this Friday or whatever, because dot, 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 but I really want to get healthy, right? Like I've been there. Oh my gosh, I've been there. And so that's just an easy example, but I'm going to stand up for myself to my attorney. And then you don't, and then you beat yourself up. So maybe it's not, I'm going to stand up for myself. And then you don't, and you're like, Oh, I'm a total piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like, Oh gosh, What do I need to do or learn or change so that I can stand up for myself with my attorney and finding those next little steps so that you can keep the promise that you've made to yourself. And all of these come with something that again, sounds pretty easy, but I bet you're going to be like, no, is you need to offer yourself grace and unconditional love. That is what helps our children. That will also help you. And so allowing mistakes, allowing yourself to be like, oh, I didn't stand up for myself. Oh, I'm so frustrated. What do I need to do next? That is love. It's not beating yourself up. I'm never, I'm, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm always going to get walked on. 
my attorney is XYZ. No, I'll just close my mouth, shut up and not say anything. It'll be easier. Find small ways each day to follow through with the promises you make to yourself. And when you start trusting yourself, you will then start trusting yourself to make decisions about other people. So right now, if you don't have any trust within yourself and you doubt your decisions all the time, how are you going to choose the right attorney? How are you going to choose if this person should be a good friend? How are you going to choose a therapist? If you want to start dating again, how are you going to trust yourself to choose someone that is not going to be an abusive a-hole? So it really starts with you. When you start building that trust with yourself, you are going to find some people where you're like, you know what? With this person, it is safe to feel safe. And then as you find more of those people, you can start to discern. Because believe me, you're going to find some crappy people out there that you can discern and be like, oh, yep, not safe. They don't feel safe. Like warning bells going off in my gut saying, run. And that's great. And then you're going to follow through and not stay connected with that person or limit your connection. And then you're going to find someone that's like, "Mm, I don't know, they're in the middle. And so instead of, again, no cannonballs, we're not going to tell them all our stuff. We're just going to give them more time to see, do they follow through with what they say they're going to do? Are they trustworthy? How are they talking about other people? right? How do they treat other people? All of those things are going to inform you and you will start to trust your decisions about other people. I wish, oh my gosh, how I wish that these social contracts weren't broken. And the amazing, if you are one of these people out there, you're law enforcement, you're a guardian at litem, you are some sort of court evaluator, you are a therapist, you are a parent, you are whomever you are. If you hold a schema of being a certain way of protecting, of being loving, uh, whatever the, you know, the schema that we have for you is. Do you know how amazingly impactful it is when someone in a position of trust that has one of those social contracts is exactly who they say they're going to be? And if you're a police officer, you actually do protect, you do investigate, and you do realize, oh, wow, this is the safe person, this is the dangerous person. And you do it right. If you're an attorney that sees through it, if you're a decision maker who sees through the manipulation, oh my gosh, it is so amazingly impactful on someone who is trying to find ways to develop trust. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that you can start to work within yourself to build trust And when you find those one or two people, you start to notice how it feels to feel safe. Maybe you can use them to bounce ideas off of when you determine they are safe so that you can start building your network of trusted people. If you feel like, oh my gosh, nope, not doable. There isn't a group of trusted people. Guess what? We have one. The Rising Beyond community is a group of amazing people who are trustworthy, who get it. So if you really are feeling alone and like there's no one you can trust, reach out, reach out to me. And we can talk about whether the Rising Beyond community is a place for you. I hope you have a great rest of your day. 
from whenever you are listening to this. And I will catch you on the next episode of the Rising Beyond podcast. If you're healing from relationship abuse and are looking for support and sisterhood during this journey, I'd love to invite you to the Rising Beyond community where you will get expert guidance, connection with others going through similar experiences, and a safe place where you'll always feel seen, heard, and believed. To learn more and to join, go to www.risingbeyondpc.com. We'd love to be a part of your healing journey.